0: The Sunday Sit Down on Algoa FM. 23 year old M. Bay Hold, the song's called Numb Little Bug, but as I said, aren't we all pretty much after the last two years? How about I turn on the right microphone, do you think? We're about to find out.
1: Testing one too. Oh, good, yes.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> Doreen Um, welcome.
1: Thank you, I'm nervous. I, I,
0: you know what? Um, and and this, is the, this is the thing that I've, I've said on every occasion. Um, you are accustomed to being a news reader. in other words, you are here for a specific thing, mm. or you are the presenter, Yes, and that is the thing that you're doing. Right now, however, you are the interview guest.
1: Yes, my mouth is dry, I've got <laughs> butterflies in my tummy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> blah, 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 mom's spaghetti. Um, anyway, uh, so, t- to start at the beginning, um, where are you from?
1: Well, um, I'm not from <laughs> Um I was born in uh, Johannesburg, actually. Okay. Uh, but primary school, I was in the Free State. Oh. Um, I was very famously in the tornado in Riebeekstad in 1990, yeah. uh, which was called... Quite a thing. And then high school, I went to uh, the Vol Triangle, where I matriculated at World School Driuk. And you might remember that's the school that had the terrible tragedy not so long ago, where the bridge collapsed. Yeah, And that affected me uh, quite a bit.
0: Well, surely, because you you would have had um, in your mind Absolutely. the precise layout of the place, yes. what it's like on any given day. I walked day. that
1: bridge Thousands of times in my high school career there. So it was really, it was a gut wrenching yeah. thing. And then also from a news point of view, I had to report on the story and write about it.
0: Yeah, uh, that's something we will get to. Tell me about the tornado though. What? Yes. um <laughs> Look,
1: in 1990, the 20th of March, I'll never forget this, um, uh, there was a tornado. It was a multi vortex tornado, uh, one of the biggest in South Africa ever. And yeah, it was just destruction. I was in standard five at the time, 12 years old. And um, I must say that really, that that's a time in my life as a child where trauma entered, severe trauma. So... And I think when you're a child and trauma enters your life, it, it, does, it does change the course of your life.
0: Uh, it, it absolutely does, yeah.
1: Because you're going to laugh now, but um, I was alone at home during the time. Both my parents worked. It was exam time. Uh, all the doors were locked. And um, I didn't know what a tornado was. Well. I'd never heard of it. But I could hear it. I could hear it go through our house. It almost sounded like a, an earthquake mixed with a train. Sure. And I remember looking out the window, seeing that our neighbor's roof was completely gone. And as a 12-year-old, I thought it was judgment day.
0: Well, not, I not unreasonably. I thought the Lord
1: was coming to <laughs> fetch us. And that alone was just very, very traumatic for me. So and were
0: you it, alone?
1: I was alone in the house with that, my pets, must, yeah. That
0: must have been terrifying because you're concerned for them. You're yeah. now seeing what's happening and you're wondering... What will the extent of it be for my house, for me, for... Well, the, thinking the of my
1: mother who had to... They were at the at the office in Valcom itself, which is a little bit out of... Rubikstad was like a... Um, A suburb, put it like that. And uh, then people just started getting calls from their domestic workers saying that the roof is gone. You know, we're hiding under the table. Funny, not funny, yeah. And eventually, people just started rushing home. And you can imagine my mom driving to our house, seeing all this destruction. And my mom told me later that that she actually assumed that I was dead.
0: Yeah, because, uh, as you're saying, 1990 means no cell phones. Absolutely. Only landlines. No internet. No almost anything that would facilitate communication at a time like that.
1: Absolutely. And, yeah, I, I'm not ashamed to say that I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, Surely. which I s- struggled with for decades. Mm. Um, I often will have dreams of tornadoes. Right. So,
0: yeah. So, so then it's interesting to me, so my next question kind of is, um, so you, you've covered the bit to, till school, and what came after school? What did you study?
1: I studied psych, uh, psychology. Well, my dad wanted me to study teaching. I'm sorry, Dad. I'm going to tell this story. Uh, my dad was convinced I was going to be a great teacher. I hated studying teaching. So um, behind his back, I changed to psychology. And then I waited for my marks. And I said, look, I'm doing really well in this. Uh, I wanted to pursue a career in psychology. But then the radio bug.
0: Bit. Yeah. How, camp- how, how did it bite you?
1: Well, um, it was an open day at the then... Um, University of Port Elizabeth. I was an uppy. Yeah. And uh, I saw this radio station and I went for a voice test. And I still lived in res. And I got this notice on my door. We we had these notice boards on yeah. our doors. And said, yeah, you passed your voice test. You must come in. And the rest is history. You know, and I think, as <laughs> you know, yeah. most of us here at Algoa started at that particular radio station. Yeah. So it's a great stepping Guilty. stone. And, and I must say, for me personally, the goal was always to be at Algoa. That was always my dream. So, when I finally got a call to do a graveyard show on Algoa, I was like, yes, my foot is in the door, you know. Yeah,
0: sure. Uh, yeah, it is always interesting to find out uh, how, how people get in, into radio. Um, mine was a similar story. I was at campus and sitting with a friend of mine who had a gap year. So, we were, the, we were both first years. And he was doing finance for the then Radio appy a few years before you went. Um <laughs> And I I corrected a factual error that the guy on air at the time made. Uh, The guy's name is Roger Thomas. And his words to Craig were, if he's so clever, tell him to come be our music manager. So I was like, okay. So I I wasn't even on air. Mm. Um, And and for me, it was a terrifying prospect. Mm. I I don't know. I am surprisingly shy. So, for me, being on radio was, like, never a thing. And then another accident happened and somebody didn't arrive for their show and the record stuck and I kind of got the thing going. And then they came back and the, the guy who was supposed to be on air said to me, actually, we should teach you how to use this stuff. And besides, you don't have a ter- – you know, you, you have an okay voice. And I'm like, no, oh, it's not for me. Well, <laughs> as you say, it's, it's, yeah. And then on onto the journalism thing.
1: Well… After 10 years as a presenter, you know what it's like to be on air every day. You know, it's the same time slot, similar music. It's very uh, monotonous and it's your job to make it interesting for the listener and it gets tiring it uh, you know people say you work only three hours a day that's the biggest insult to a presenter let me just say that right out because it is very hard work to get your listener to be engaged and as at the time i was working with gordon graham on the border drive Uh, it's a four-hour show you know it's it's very busy and um then alfie j said look there's a gap opening up in the newsroom and i think you've got what it takes and and yeah, I just took to it like a duck in water. I.
0: So, so what was your entry into the newsroom? Was it as a journalist and newsreader?
1: I started uh, translating and writing Afrikaans bulletins and then reading Afrikaans. Okay. And it's just warped and exploded into to me now being the online news editor and mm. having an absolute passion for writing, which I never knew I had. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Is there a book in you? Definitely. Okay.
1: That is That is something I want to do. Um there are two books in me.
0: Autobiography uh, and Absolutely <laughs> And
1: and I wanna write about radio but the funny stories. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we, we always joke about at, yeah. at, at functions. The stalkers, the funny phone calls, <laughs> the things that happen that, that listeners don't really know about. That's what I want to write about. Okay.
0: Yeah. If I feature in the book in an unflattering way, please change my name.
1: Not at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, On to a little bit about you now. So, interests outside of this place. What, what kind of music do you like?
1: All kinds of music. Um, and and but, that's the
0: thing, isn't it? you but, asking a radio person. But,
1: but, but. You know that when Lance Duplessis cannot do his show, I'm the go-to person for the sounds of time because I love music from the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, and the 90s. Mm. I really, really yeah, love you, it. You
0: seem to have a particular passion for the 90s music, and you send me running around.
1: <laughs> Go look <laughs> so, for that song. Scratch for that one. Put this one on the playlist. I want to play that. Please, can I?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that's uh, very cool. Um, so, and when it comes to food, are you a foodie? Are you a good cook?
1: Not you- at all. No, 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 no.
0: no.
1: <laughs> I hate cooking. It's uh, a <laughs> My husband cooks. He wasn't come dine with me. He didn't win. <laughs> but uh, he's the one. He says it's his kitchen. And I love it because I, I just don't like to cook. And it's weird because my brother is an ex- is an executive chef. And, yeah,
0: and he, he's um, quite the, the sushi master. Yes, as, he is. As well.
1: And, uh, Yania, I just, I make a good pasta and that's about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I must actually give you a, a cool recipe for a one pot pasta at at some point all right yeah cool Um, i'll get my husband to make it (laughs) (laughs) i was telling roshley about it and she was like hold on if i do this we can probably get like two meals out of that (laughs) because that's also a thing Uh, i heard you talking yesterday um about how how the prices of of, of things have gone up and how you're forced to be resourceful and creative
1: and changing Um, your menu and how you feed your family mm, absolutely yeah yeah
0: so (laughs) my next question is what is the story with the donkeys (laughs) now
1: never ever i'm i'm so amazed i i adopted two donkeys
0: and i can't believe how does one even do that i'm forced to ask
1: pete this whole office even the third floor you know nobody ever comes down to the second floor from the third floor even the third floor came down (laughs) to talk about my donkeys very puzzled that doreen lobeshire would um adopt two donkeys look i've just always loved donkeys okay don't ask me why i just have a passion for donkeys and um, this was an abused donkey and um, she had a baby and we drove past the um, SBCA and I phoned Carla from the horse care unit and she explained to me the process and the adoption fee and she came to do a check on on the property and there I had two donkeys and they bring me so much joy, uh, grounding and, you know, I just... They are such humble animals.
0: Mm. I, I must say, my kind of thing with donkeys is they inevitably make me sad. Yes. Because I generally see them working very hard yes. and very often being mistreated Absolutely. by the people they're working for. And I, I really have a problem with that. And I, I, I have I a strug, huge problem. I struggle with that. to look at it yes. even because the next thing for me is to stop and do something. Yeah. Um, uh, which uh, yeah, perhaps uh, we we really all should, so um you have two donkeys at home
1: i, I have a well, not at my house because so, yeah. I live in a townhouse <laughs> complex, yes. people were very puzzled by that, uh, but I do have um some land um where they can graze, so I go visit them every day and give them carrots and things like that, okay, yeah,
0: right, that's uh, very interesting <laughs> uh, what what are, tell me about the the online editor part of of your job,
1: yeah, that is. That is a big job. Um, well, because
0: social media has exploded, it it's has. Now become it's changed a, a the real- way
1: it's changed the way we do news. Um, you know, basically, I'm involved or, or in charge of of the stories that go onto the website, all the social media platforms, the Facebook page, the Twitter, the Instagram, the TikTok. Um, I need to moderate comments. Uh, I need to ban people who. Say things they're not supposed to.
0: And as I was to say, yeah, there's also a legal aspect.
1: Absolutely. No, this. it's very that, hard work. It's very hard work. So you need to have your finger on the pulse and you need to know what people are talking about to be part of the conversation because I cannot tell you how many leads to stories we get just from reading people's comments mm. and uh, then uh, getting onto really, really big stories.
0: Yeah. Um, we were talking books, we've spoken music, we've spoken food. Um, you and I happen to be at the movies uh, at the same time yes. on uh, Wednesday yes. evening at the, the relaunch of of uh, New Metro. New Metro yeah. Are you a movie fan?
1: Oh, the biggest.
0: And? Love it. What kind, uh, or is it also? Um,
1: I love all movies. I love foreign movies. I love arty movies. I love um, uh, you know weird movies. I, I don't mind sub, supp- and I'm very much into the cinematography, the photography, the the directors. I'm very into that. I really am. Um, Big on movies, love
0: yeah. it. You have you ever done theatre in school along the way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm thinking because anybody who has that much passion for yes. for movie making must surely have had an interest yeah. before uh, then. Uh, in, uh, in, I did Neil's play
1: in school, uh, um, and I wanted to study drama like my mom, but my dad said no. Okay. <laughs> also, he, d- he didn't think that radio was a real job. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: don't, most parents. Don't joke. Um, most parents. I, and I, I don't mean to be dismissive when I say that it wasn't until I started out earning both of my parents that they realized that this was exactly. a real job. And <laughs> <laughs> I'd been there so long, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. One of the things that, that um, I realized that we've kind of left off the Sunday sit down, and I, I think you are one of the few people I probably could put on the spot that way. The Sunday sit down always used to finish with the question if, you if were I president, were president for a day, are you going to I ask would, me that? <laughs> dot dot dot. Yeah, if you need a second, um, I'll just. No,
1: you know, throughout the years, when, whenever you had guests, I would be, uh, you know, waiting at the door, wanting to come read the news or something, yeah. and I would often think, how would I answer this question? Right. And um, I think um, the the answer would change depending on where we are in in the world, but for now, because I knew you were going to ask me that, so I, I, I had a bit of a think. I I would really. If I was president for a day, I would fire every single minister that's ever been involved in any thing untoward mm. whether it's um just the way they treat their portfolio. Uh, I would just want a clean slate. I just want the president to to just start cleaning up. You know, corruption for me is 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 the worst crime. It, but, it really is the yeah, worst crime.
0: You you you're stealing uh, from the poorest of the poor. And you're preventing them from, from ever being able to change their lives because Absolutely, the yes. programs you put in place are simply not happening. The infrastructure is crumbling. and, and I and, and just uh, look
1: at COVID. Uh, during a pandemic, our very own health minister, the scandal from a doctor, a doctor who's um, the minister of health. It's just embarrassing. It's shocking. It's, it's, it's treason.
0: Basically, yeah. Uh, I see uh, a message from Belinda Terblanche says, Hi, I was in Standard 10 with the Valcom Rebex Dot Tornado. Right. It was certainly the most traumatic thing I've ever experienced. Okay, yes. so oh, hectic. Yeah. Right. Um, we've run out of time, as we always do, Aww. and 15 minutes run by really, really, really quickly. Yes. Is there anything else we should know about you? Because, you know, you, you can't be Googled is the problem, because with many of the guests, I can kind of get in.
1: Well, I just wanted to say notes. something. You know, a lot of listeners um, often complain about uh, why is there always such negative news and bad news on the radio and this and that. But I just want to say, and I hope, and I'm saying this on behalf of my entire news team, is that I I don't think you have any idea the things that we see and hear in the newsroom. Photographs, I've seen crime scene photographs, I've seen things that are nightmares are made of. I've read statements that are just so horrible that we cannot put it on the air. You know, you hear three stories in the news, I get 15 statements from the police on any given day and... The stuff that people do to other human beings. And, you know, then we have to read the statement. We have to write the story. We have to decide which one we're going to use, which one we're not going to use. And, you know, we do also have some sort of uh, post-traumatic stress from that. Surely. They call it secondary post-traumatic stress. And and I just think that a lot of people forget that, that we, the, the job that we do in the newsroom is, in that sense, very, very stressful. Yeah. And emotional, mm. and you you do sometimes cut yourself off, but, but
0: you're not always successful. Sure, yeah, no, we're
1: still human beings. By sheer
0: volume; you couldn't be.
1: No, and, and and sometimes, like the weirdest or silliest story, will will stick with you, and you'll take it home. Um, like a b- bizarre story you can hear 10 horrible stories and one will just stick with you for some unknown reason and and you'll carry it with you until you you've processed it internally you know mm. so i just wanted to say that, that
0: uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give us a break not as easy as it looks yes um and it's not it's not just a job no um it, it's something that you must enroll and de-roll for surely not not to to, to Take on hmm. more. And that's why I, I wonder when you said the thing about being a psychologist, knowing as you as I do, I don't want to be ugly when I say, I don't think it would have been a good fit for you simply Not because you would have been too involved Absolutely. Uh, too easily. You
1: are spot on. No, you are spot on.
0: <laughs> Dorian Loebster, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Sean.
0: Enjoy the rest of Sunday. This um, was great fun. Yeah. What's is making us for lunch? Uh,
1: he's making some chicken and veggies and we're just trying to have a nice healthy meal for a change.
0: So. And with a glass of red because of all those antioxidants. Indeed. Yes, you see. Thanks very much. Thank you. On air. On air. Online
1: Online and all over your world.
0: This is Algoa FM.